You're listening to the Wanderlust Swingers podcast with Aussie hosts Kate and Daryl. If you're curious about exploring your sexuality or the swinging, hot wifing and non-monogamous lifestyle, you've definitely come to the right podcast. Or maybe you just love travel adventures. Either way, we share our personal, sometimes juicy, sexy stories as well as swingers club and event reviews, interviews with other sassy people and of course our global swinging adventures. We try to bring you a look into the diverse lifestyle that the swinging and non-monogamous community has. We hope you enjoy. Now let's get into the episode. Hey guys, welcome back to the Wanderlust Swingers podcast. This is episode 148 and it is all about our recent visit to London and visiting the Le Boudoir Swingers Club in London. I am riding solo today, so Daryl isn't here, but give him a wave, give him a hello. We have just recovered from COVID today, which had nothing to do with our visit to London. Ironically, out of all of the travel that we've been doing, and of course we have been practicing as safely as we possibly can, we recently took our parents down to Germany on the train because they're visiting, and on that train we contracted COVID. So we have uh, been recovering for this last week. This morning we tested negative. We had to ship Daryl's parents off to another city. They went to Rotterdam and Den Haag for the week, basically, because we didn't want to infect them um, on their holiday. So they're going to come back today. So I thought I'd quickly try to pump this podcast episode out before they come back because they are staying with us for four weeks. But before we get into today's juicy episode all about the mishaps and funniness and sexiness that happened in Le Boudoir Swingers Club in London, I wanted to share, of course, my cultural tidbit. It is illegal to impersonate a police officer or a soldier, even at a fancy dress party or on Halloween, according to the Siemens and Soldiers False Characters Act of 1906 and the Police Act of 1996. It is illegal to pretend to be part of the armed forces or police. The reason I wanted to share this cultural tidbit was because obviously in the lifestyle, we have a lot of themed parties, especially at Halloween, but generally a lot of times the club have themes, uh, hotel takeovers have themes. You know, we always have themes to our events and sometimes, and I know even I have, I've dressed, I think as SWAT um, in the past at a Halloween party in Sydney, but people in the lifestyle dress in, in these kind of characters and uniforms, I guess, you know, sexy slutty uniforms all the time. And I thought that's bloody hilarious. Of course, a lot of these cultural tidbits and laws aren't actually put into practice. Like people aren't going to come busting into the swingers club on Halloween and be like, you, 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 and you get your asses out here. You're going to be fined. But I just thought it was funny how some of these kind of laws are still in practice, still in, in place, but not really in force. If you are a swinger in the UK, don't impersonate a police officer or a soldier because it is illegal. Okay, just don't do it. Uh, I also wanted to mention that it is illegal under the terms of Prohibition and the Inspections Act of 1998 to cause a nuclear explosion. So again, don't dress like a police officer and from the 19 from 1998 onwards to now, Try not to cause a nuclear explosion. I mean, just do your best. You know, everybody's out here. We're living our best. We're trying our best. Just don't do it. Consider not to cause a nuclear explosion. Hey, what's new with us? So I just mentioned that Daryl's parents are here for uh, what's supposed to be three weeks, but because we had COVID, they've just expended, extended their flights. So now they're here for four weeks, uh, which is a long time to have anybody really stay in your house, but then to have your parents stay in your house. So let me just share a little bit of audio that I took the other morning and uh, just to give you an understanding. Hey, Dad. Mm-hmm. Would you rather mm. sleep on a blow-up mattress for three weeks or in a normal bed? Blow-up mattress. Blow-up mattress? Yep, it's an adventure. 
It's an adventure? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is that all you got to say about the blow-up mattress situation? Mm-hmm. Okay. Good, good morning. So yes, we are actually sleeping on a blow-up mattress in our own house right now because we live in the Netherlands and all of the houses here are multi-storey and all of the stairwells are teeny, teeny, tiny, like really thin, they're not very wide and the actual stairs are small. And Daryl's mum just had a hip replacement not too long ago and if we put her up on the third storey of our um, house and she needed to go to the bathroom during the evening, we were like, that is instant death. So what we did was we put ourselves up on the third floor in our attic um, office area, put a block mattress up there, and that's where we've been living for four weeks. We are going to be having them here until the day that I basically leave for Podcaster Palooza in Palm Springs. So no reconnection for us, I guess. But uh, yeah, speaking of Palm Springs, speaking of Podcaster Palooza, I'm heading there. It is two weeks away. I'm not freaking out. You're freaking out. I just booked my flights because that's the level of last minute that I've managed to conjure up to most of the events that I run, which is ironic because I think back, you know, three, four years ago, if we were heading to an event, especially an international event, I would be having my costumes planned, like my flights would be done. You know, I've been saying for years to people, like start saving, start planning, like book your flights early, book your hotels early, like get in there, get a savings. And I do not practice what I preach. So don't do what I do because now it's two weeks away and I am like stressed as, but uh, hey, them's the breaks. So we did just return back from London. We actually visited two different clubs in in the UK. So one in London City and then one about two hours north of London. So our next couple of episodes are really going to be talking about those experiences and really what we did in London. But honestly, it was a it was a great visit. We we're so close to London now. We can just get the train there. So I definitely think we're going to be back, um, heading back, especially to Le Boudoir in London City. And speaking of that, actually, if you guys are interested in seeing what this club looks like, we did actually do a walkthrough for our YouTube. So if you guys actually head to the show notes today and you're interested to see the layout of this club, I honestly think it's the top three clubs we've visited in the world. Of course, we haven't been to every single club in the world, but for us, for the ones that we've visited around the world, it's definitely top three on our list at the moment. So if you guys are interested in seeing what it looks like, head over to our YouTube channel and check out the walkthrough of Le Boudoir Club. I was really, really impressed with it. I think it looks fantastic. One more thing I'm going to leave you with before we head into the club review today and talking about our time in London. A couple of episodes ago, we mentioned how excited we were to go to Amsterdam. We were going to a party by an event company called Secret Underground, and we were really excited. We got a hotel room. We were going to do a walkthrough again for YouTube because we are trying to normalize what clubs look like on the inside, you know, that they're not just tacky and gross. And so we had a lot of planning put into that. You know what I mean? Like Daryl took some time off work. We went up there on the train. We took Penny up with us. We made all of these massive arrangements. Suffice it to say, we are not going to be doing a podcast episode about the secret underground party in Amsterdam. We did put a bit of audio up so our patrons know exactly what happened because we spilled the tea within 24 hours of things going down. Um, I'm going to play an extract from that here before I lead into the episode today. But if you guys want to hear, Daryl... I would say his shit was 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 misplaced. If you want to hear Daryl uh, losing his shit, uh, head over to to our Patreon and link is in the bio. But here's a little extract just for a bit of fun. And it pisses me off. I'm fucking sick of it. Mm-hmm. You own a club. Fucking run it like it's a business. Two warm c- 
After sitting in front of fucking Lexus, while there's two cold who are trying to do something free of cost to them to give their business a fucking boost. They can suck a bag of dicks. Okay, guys, let's get into it. Let's talk about our time in London. Let's talk about our visit to Le Boudoir Swingers Club. And more importantly, let's talk about the, the multiple fuck-ups that we made. Guys, man, we are rusty. Like, I don't know about you, but like COVID and plus, you know, living in Asia, living in Croatia, not really visiting many swingers clubs and, and doing that sort of thing on a, on a reasonably regular basis. Like, we are rusty, not just with our flirting skills, but just with knowing what to do. Like, damn, I am... A little bit shocked. <laughs> just some of the like rookie, I guess, lifestyle errors that we made during this visit, like crazy. Okay, here we go. So as I said before, this is kind of like the the top three of the clubs visited in the world. There are a few reasons for that. Honestly, it's probably location's a big one for us. We hate when clubs aren't in the city because you have to make then additional arrangements for like transportation. It just becomes a bit of a nightmare, but that's because we travel so much, right? So if you live in that location, then maybe driving, maybe traveling isn't such a big deal to you. But because oftentimes when we visit these places, we are traveling to then have to get additional transportation and head out is just a pain in the ass. When our secret spot, when we were living in Sydney and they were based right there in Darlinghurst, it was fantastic because it was like right in the city, super close to everything, taxis and Ubers all around the place, like no dramas at all. But oftentimes swingers clubs are located in industrial areas and places outside the city walls because one, cost-wise, you know, it's extremely expensive to have a lease. But then two, you know, getting the authority to actually be in those buildings and have a, I guess, sex on-premise license can be quite uh, difficult. So that's definitely one of the reasons that we loved Le Boudoir was just because of its, its proximity to the city, its location to everything. And the other reasons why is that it was a really big club for starters, but it is so thoughtfully laid out. Like it is, in a, it's in a really old building. I think it's a historic uh, heritage listed building, but the layout of the place is, is interesting. It's unique. It's clean. It's fresh. It's thoughtful. And it has some characteristics that we, you just don't see in other swingers clubs. So they do have a, a naughty uh, detention type room, like a headmaster's room so if you have like a with an office desk, so if you have an office-based fantasy, which if you've been listening to us for quite a while, you may know I do, I do, I do, I do. We didn't actually run that fantasy during this visit. So if there's anybody out there who's interested in going to the boudoir with us and running out that fantasy, um, apply within. And they also have like a little cubby area. They have a full-fledged dungeon down there with catacombs. Like there's just so much for everybody. And so that's why I think that this club, is, is in our top three. And the, the third and final reason is that it's very well run. You know, speaking to the owner of the club, and again, not being biased because we weren't paid. Actually, let me get that out of the way. We were not paid. This is not a sponsored podcast. We booked our flights. We paid for our flights. We paid for our hotel. We paid for our bar tab, all of those things, right? So, you know, hashtag not sponsored. But the owner was really, really business-minded and, and professional, and you don't see that at a lot of times at swings clubs or events. You know, a lot of the time it's people that have turned a hobby into a business but have no business acumen. Whereas what I found was that the operational side of this club is is first class. And that's something that I really, really appreciate because I like to know that things like security have been thoughtfully put forward. I like to know that the club is operating legally. You know, many of you listening out there are visiting swingers clubs that are operating illegally 
or in the grey area of the law. And it's nice to know when somebody has thoughtfully put into practice that they know the, the legal requirements of the club. You know, they have their own legal team and they are operating 100% regulated as they should. So that's awesome. Important to mention that my voice is odd because, again, I'm recovering from COVID. <laughs> okay, let's go. Let's get started. So we stayed in a hotel basically, I don't know, two and a half minutes walk from the club. As I said, it's right in the city, so we decided to stay very close to it. But it's also close to a train station and there's a bunch of hotels around the area. And as we arrived at the club, so again, we were there a couple of hours earlier because we were filming the YouTube content. But as we arrived to the club, two things, two things here. It was a little bit cold in London. Now, I seem to forget that growing up in a hot climate, living in Singapore for five years, I tend to, and even now living in the Netherlands where it is actually regularly quite cold, you know, it was snowing a couple of weeks ago here. I seem to just forget that it's cold and I don't dress appropriately and I don't take things that I should. And let me give you an example. I was actually, and if you look on our Instagram feed, you'll see the dress that I was wearing, which is um, a black see-through lace number. And I don't wear anything under this dress. I don't wear any nipple pasties. I don't wear any panties. I wear nothing. I basically just go as I am with this dress. And I forgot a trench coat and or, and or some jacket to wear. And I had nothing. So you can imagine, it's not only is it cold, but I'm also walking around. There are little patterns on the dress where it kind of covers your nipples a little bit. But I've put on a little bit of weight during COVID. And when you put on weight, you're obviously going out sideways. And so what happens is if you've got a dress that's quite um, tight fitting, it comes up to make room for the fact that you're, you know, going sideways. So the dress was shorter. That means that the placement of the subtle placement of a very small patch of fabric, which covers my pussy, was not in the place that it should be. It was about two inches higher than it should be or that it used to be. And I didn't have a trench coat. So... The reason I'm telling you this is because I was basically walking cunt out. I was walking pussy out up the street. Granted, it was only like two blocks, but I still had to walk from my room, get in the elevator, get down into the lobby, walk through the lobby, walk around, get into the, walk down the street, basically with my pussy out for the world to see. Now I was trying to pull my dress down a little bit to try and cover things, but yeah, that wasn't really happening. So that was really embarrassing for me. But also, again, it just kind of goes to show you how unprepared we were for this club visit and uh, you can see that kind of that theme coming through. Daryl on the other hand, so I packed all of our stuff to to wear for the weekend because Daryl was working and I packed a bunch of little things for him and like a really nice shirt and stuff to wear and I packed some jeans, jeans and a nice button up, long sleeve shirt for him to wear. I thought cool and I packed some really nice uh, handmade shoes from Croatia. I was like he's going to be looking really awesome, this is great. We turn up to the club me in my pussy out dress, Daryl in his jeans, get to the front. And this again comes back to the professionalism of the club. Daryl's jeans were designer jeans, but they have rips in them. The rips are there because that's part of the design. The club does not allow these kinds of pants into the club. You cannot wear them. So we arrive at the front door, we walk in, it's all fine and dandy. And the security guard who's doing the initial checks is like, hey, your jeans are ripped. You can't come in. Now, thankfully, we were only, again, staying like a two-minute walk, so it really wasn't a big deal. And the security guard was, look, I can't really, like, that's, I can't really let you in. And we were like, no, 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 no. Don't you feel sorry for us at all. Like, this is this is my bad. This is my bad. I did not read the rules. I didn't look at anything to do with the frequently asked questions. And I was looking at Daryl going, hopefully he's not too angry about it because, you know, I packed the bag. And the guy was like, I'm really, really sorry. We can't. And we were like, no, 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 man. Like, seriously, a hotel's like a block and a half away. But again, I'm in, I'm in a pussy out dress. 
So I say adios to Daryl. I was like, hey, I'm going in, so I'll see you soon. Daryl had to walk back to the hotel, get changed, come back again. And I just thought that was funny because it's such a rookie error, right? So I go into the club and now I look like a unicorn, right? The club is happening. I think we get there about an hour after it's starting. So there's maybe, I don't know, 15 couples kind of milling around in that bar area because it's still quite early. And I look like a unicorn. So, of course, people are like, oh, there's a unicorn here. This is pretty exciting. You know, I'm in there and I'd met the bartender from earlier that day and I told him already I'm going to come in and my first drink's going to be an espresso martini. So I go over to the bartender. I start talking to him. The club owner comes down. He's like, where's Daryl? I tell him about the gene situation and he was like, oh, shit, sorry. And I said, no, 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 no. Like, we don't want... We don't want any kind of special treatment just because we were here earlier than you know us. Like what we want is that's great. You guys did exactly what you should be. Long story short, Daryl finally comes back and he is uh, dressed in in better pants now and he's led into the club. And the interesting thing about uh, going to some of the the clubs that we've been to around the world is that you end up you end up seeing a lot of internationals there. This probably doesn't happen in like, I don't know, Nashville or Indiana or places like that around America, but, or maybe even Perth in um, Western Australia. But what we've noticed is that we tend, I don't know whether it's just us or whether it's the people that we're drawn to or whether it's the clubs that we're visiting, but we sat down with a group of people. I'd actually, when I was in there looking like a unicorn, I went and joined a couple who were sitting down because I was like, cool, I'll go sit with them, introduce myself, like it's fine. So by the time Daryl arrived, there was not only the one couple there, but there was a second couple. So there was two couples, four people, me, and then so Daryl's walked in, walked into this. And at this table, there was – it's basically the United Nations. There was a table. There was a couple from South Africa, a couple from Canada, and a, and, um, a couple from California, and then a single guy also joined us later who was also from California. There was not a single person there from the UK. And I thought that was really, really funny because, again, I think that – the clubs we visit, the proximity to the city and stuff like that, maybe just might lend themselves to having more of an international crew. Whereas the last time, again, when I was in Nashville, there was not a single international person in the room except for me, you know? So I think that's really, really funny that we just tend to kind of gravitate to these people. I don't know. What I do want to talk about is, is live ghosting. So later in the night we're drinking. Also um, important to mention, this place has a full service bar. So you can't, it's not BYOB, you buy your drinks from the bar. They have a full range of drinks. They can make you cocktails. I mentioned before an espresso martini, they'll make you whatever you like. And so the night is going, we're dancing, we're drinking, we're chatting to these couples. We're kind of moving our way around the room. And next to us, there were uh, three couples and two of the ladies just looked fabulous, you know, and I was doing what I normally do, which is I like to compliment people. doesn't matter who you are. I like to compliment you because I think that's really, really important. So these two ladies are looking absolutely fantastic and I wanted to make my way over to them and and let them know that. So I go over there, I'm sitting with them and I'm, you know, complimenting them and I'm like, hey, I saw you dancing before. I I love your dress. I love your outfit. Like, where are you guys from? I'm Kate. You know, I live in the Netherlands, yada, yada. Doing the usual thing. The reason I'm saying this is live ghosting because it it was rejection, like out and out rejection from not just the ladies, but then the couple because the husbands then came back from the bar. And... Normally when you go to a club or an event, you can get rejected. I mean, rejection's normal, right? Rejection's going to happen. It's completely normal. You throw yourself out there, you get rejected. It's a normal practice. But what I thought was really interesting in this particular scenario is that this was kind of like a live ghosting type rejection. Normally when people reject you, they say thanks but no thanks, you know, like um, really, really appreciate it really, you know, thank you so much for the compliment, all of these nice things. Like generally they'll say, thank you so much for your interest, but 
I'm not interested. You know, like there's an actual <laughs> transactional rejection versus what happened from these ladies and the couple. So basically they just ignored me. So I was sitting there. I, wa- I went over and sat right next to them, which actually was on the stage near the, the pole. So I'm sitting there and I'm talking to them for a little bit and you can clearly tell they're just not interested in the conversation. It wasn't a fact of whether or not they were interested in me physically. I mean, maybe they weren't. That's cool. But they just weren't interested. Like if you look at the body language, they, their body language was not turned towards me. It was kind of still still sitting straight, you know. And so I thought that was really, really interesting that they just started to ignore me and kind of went back to their conversation and I was just kind of sat there like an idiot, you know what I mean? And I'm sure probably if you're out there listening, you've probably experienced this too. And I don't know if you guys have a name for it. I would love to hear what you call this kind of rejection because at the moment I'm just calling it live ghosting because people are just like, oh, ignore. So let me know what you guys uh, call it. If it's happened to you, I would love to hear from you guys. But essentially, yeah, I, I was rejected and it was an interesting kind of rejection. You know, I don't know, again, if this is because we're just so goddamn rusty, but uh, it did take a lot of courage to walk up there and try to start a conversation out of nothing, you know, with these people. It does take a lot of confidence and a lot of courage to do that. And I think that if you throw yourself out there and then people are not only not interested to have sex with you, which is a whole other thing, but they're legitimately even then not interested in having a conversation with you. And that's why I think this one in particular, I was like, dude, I'm an interesting person. Like I know stuff, you know, I like things to, you know, talk to me, but no. Um, so that was that. For other things that I thought were interesting during the evening, this is the first time I wore my glasses. So if we can go back to the lack of being prepared for events and travel, etc. And again, I mean, I should... <laughs> I should know better. In fact, Daryl's constantly giving me um, shit for for being a serious unpacker or uh, underpacker. I forgot my uh, contact lenses. I forgot them. Recently, I posted up in the podcast to Palooza chat group, right, because we've got this event coming up. And I always do a, hey, things to think about 30 days before the event starts. And normally I'm like, if you've got any prescriptions, make sure they're filled. Like things that people don't really think about. Like it's not a, it's not as much about the costumes and stuff. It's about some of the things that happen in the back back end that you may not just think about. So I have this list I normally send people and we chat and we say, what do you guys do? And one of my things is fill your medical prescriptions, get some contact lenses, right? Those are my two things I always tell people because people just forget about them. Uh, Yeah, didn't take my contact lenses. Um, Decided again to ignore my own recommendations and, and tips and hints. And so this was the first time I actually wore my glasses into a swingers club. The first time I've ever in six and a half years, seven years or whatever it's been, worn my glasses in a club. Normally I prefer not to, mainly because I don't really like the way that I look. Generally, if I'm trying to look really sexy, I think glasses um, don't really go with that. Again, there's probably hundreds of people out there listening to this going, that's bullshit. Daryl feels the same way. So I don't tend to wear my glasses, but also I'm worried they're going to get broken. Now, these are a brand new pair of $400 glasses, right? So like brand new, I only had them for about a month. So I was extra cautious about wearing my glasses for these two reasons. Plus, again, like I'm overweight now and we're like just getting back into things. And so all of those things on top of the fact and then wearing glasses on top, I was really worried about how um, I would feel if I was feeling confident. And so I think the fact also that, you know, being rejected by these people, I'm like, oh, sad face. It's because maybe I'm wearing my glasses. So that was my first time wearing my glasses uh, to a swingers club. Right. Okay. Here's where, here's where it's going to get a little bit interesting. <laughs> so the night's progressing, people are dressing down, getting sexy, having drinks, dancing, doing all of the things that generally lead to, 
you know, people starting to move into the playroom. And this lady in white comes along and she's dressed in all white. I saw her earlier in the evening because everything she was wearing was white. And she was an older lady, but looked very, very well put together. Really, really good order for a person of her age. So I noticed her earlier because I was like, she's she's in good order. Congratulations to her. And she was in all white, which was really a standout from what everybody else in the club is wearing. So helpful tip, do something like that if you're looking to get attention. You don't always have to be the least dressed person in the room. You don't always have to be the person running around on a G-string and a set of pasties to be noticed. This person was noticed not because of how little she was wearing, but in fact because she was the only person in the room wearing a really bright white outfit. So in a sea of all these dark clothes, because, you know, black's really swimming, slimming and whatever, so in a sea of all these dark clothes, this lady stood out. So that's a sidebar. But this lady in white, so I see, I see her earlier in the evening, I'm like, damn, good order. She then comes over and starts talking to us, but she's kind of the bell of the ball. She's running around and talking to everybody. And what I did notice about this lady in white, again, so props to her, she's got a few things going for her. She's standing out, right? That's one thing. Later in the evening, she dresses down into lingerie. Her lingerie, again, is all white. So she's very well put together. She's now in all white in her lingerie. So in your mind, you're like, okay, I saw her earlier in that. Now she's in white lingerie. You piece it all together. She was walking around and being helpful to the bar. Now, I don't know if she does this often, whether she was helping the bar because she's friendly to the bartenders or whether this was the most genius flirting tactic I have ever seen in the lifestyle. She was walking around in her lingerie, coming and saying hello, touching on the shoulder, right? So she's coming and touching you on the shoulder, making a connection, saying, hi, you know, I'm this person. Um, you know, How are you guys? And like she'd sit and have a chat for a second. And then she would get up and take your empty glasses from the table over to the bar. So, you know, again, she was being quite helpful to the bar staff, which was amazing. Thank you for doing that because the bartenders are never thanked enough. But she'd come over hand connection on on your shoulder, make a connection, have a quick chat so you get to see her personality a little bit, but not too much. She didn't linger and then picked up the glasses and was helpful and took them back to the bar. So what she's done in this interaction is let us know who she is. Let us have a look at her physically because when you're looking at somebody, of course you're looking at them in the eyes, but then you can scan their body or whatever without looking like a creep. And, and then she's given us space to then walk away and let us kind of decide. And then she came back later. And I thought this, and she was doing this to a couple of different tables. And I thought, because she was a unicorn, this was probably one of the most ingenious flirting methods I think I've seen in the lifestyle to date. And I am floored by her. Now, I will also say that later in the evening, she did make the rounds and she came back and she leaned into Daryl and she whispered something into Daryl's ear while she was holding his neck, like on shoulder and and neck and kind of caressing him and, and leaned in really, really closely and whispered something into his ear. And then off she goes, she flitters away. And I was like, oh, did she just invite you back to the playrooms? Like, what's going on? I, I asked Daryl. And he turns to me and I'm going to recreate what she said. He tells me. So she leans in really closely and whispers in his ear, I would love to finger your asshole. Yep, that's it. That's exactly what she said. So she leans in, this lady in white who's doing the rounds, who looks gorgeous all evening, flirting tactics off the scale, leans in and tells my husband, who hadn't discussed anything sexual with her up until this point, that she would love to finger his asshole. Um, I mean, just putting it out there. Like, I, I don't know whether this lady is the most genius lifestyle person I think I've ever come across. I've got to be honest. 
uh, putting yourself out there. I like it. I like it. I like it. So that was one of the first things that, again, kind of going on. So if you want to recap right now, we have turned up to the club in uh, inappropriately dressed for both the weather and also the the clothing requirements of the club. I'm not feeling super confident. I've now been rejected up until this point and we've had, uh, well, Daryl has had an invitation to be fingered in the arsehole. Let's now talk about moving downstairs. So Daryl and I, we're dancing, we're talking to a bunch of people, we're having some drinks and I wanted to go play. I was like, I'm, I'm interested in going and, and playing. So we make our way down to the dungeon area. You know, we've done a full club tour earlier in the evening and there's a whole upstairs playroom with really a lot of private rooms and a, and a big group room and then there's the dungeon downstairs. And I was interested in going downstairs to see what was up which is funny, going downstairs to see what was up. So I was interested in going down there and and playing. So I told Daryl, I'm like, hey, I really want to go play. Like, let's go down there. Let's see what's up and play together for starters. So we get down there and we haven't packed our normal swingers bag for this trip. Again, because of my significant underpacking, but also just because we were carrying like one carry-on bag and I didn't want to take a lot of shit for this visit. So we didn't pack our usual swingers bag, which we normally take. So we just packed a small, small, small bag of like a couple of condoms and two travel size lube vials so we're starting to play and we decide to go onto the paddle horse area so i can be over the paddle horse and have my ass up in the air my knees in the little stirrup areas we're in front of a mirror there's a mirror on the side of it in front of us and we're basically in a very open area of the dungeon space where people can walk past us or they can stop and watch, or if they're playing on the St. Andrew's Cross, they can see us, etc. So we're in a very open, viewable area, I guess would be what you would say. So we're playing there and it's great and Daryl's caressing me and I'm sticking my ass in the air and I'm like, yes, come and fuck me. You know, I've got my dress off, we're kissing and this sort of stuff. Daryl drops his jeans, his pants, without, without ripped, uh, without rips. He drops his pants and the lube vial fell out, fell out of his pants pocket. Now, it's a travel size lube vial from Uberlube. If you know anything about Uberlube, um, aside from being our favorite lube product, they're glass. Everything they do is glass. So from height, Daryl drops this uh, lube vial. It hits the floor, bounces off a little bit, lands in his shoe, and there's now lube everywhere. And according to Daryl, there was a moment in his brain where he just had a thought of, oh, I'll just pick it up and use it. And then went, hold on a second, no, that's not right. It's probably got glass in it and I'm using it on Kate's pussy. But for a single second, as his brain, as his brains with a lube vial hit the floor and went, that's the only vial we have, lube vial hits the floor, rebounds, lube all through his shoe. But for a split second, he was seriously thinking about bending over. I mean, not to mention the hygiene of this situation. Bending over with his fingers, picking up some lube off the floor. Again, hygiene from the floor, but also containing glass. <laughs> using it on my pussy again that was like a fleeting fleeting half a second thought that he told me he had but I just thought that was bloody hilarious because um the same thing happened to me years and years ago I dropped up an entire brand new bottle of vodka in Thailand we flew there to go to a swingers party we got to the hotel running late and the bottle dropped and for it dropped inside of a plastic bag and for a split second in my head I was like oh we'll just run it through a sieve Again, for a split second before your brain goes, no, stupid head, <laughs> glass, uh, no. So I thought that was bloody funny. So that was lube in shoe. But the, the situation continues. So then I'm like, fuck it, don't worry about it. Like, just go down on me. Like, don't worry, we don't need lube. It's all good. It's all good. 
Normally I really like to be quite lubed up in a club space because generally speaking, it's hotter, it's heavier. And if other people are going to play with you, like it's just better to be safe than sorry. And I was like, it's fine, just go down on me. We'll have a lot of fun. Like, just fuck me anyway. Which by the way, actually made me have a sore pussy the next day. So, but that's by the by. Then Daryl's putting on the condom, fucks me for a little bit and the condom breaks. (laughs) Our condom broke. Now, we have been using the same brand of condoms, not the same box, mind you. We regularly replace them. We check the expiry dates like that is not a thing. But the same brand of condoms, we've been using them now for like six and a half, seven years. We have never had a single breakage of condom ever, ever. So now we've got lube in our bloody shoe and the condom breaks. And so we're like, what the fuck? What do we do now? We've bought one condom. Now with the club, you can actually go and ask them for condoms. They have them... Uh, by by the door, they have them at the bar. The reason they do both of those things is because if you leave them out in a playroom, they can be tampered with. You don't know what's happening back there. For safety, they like to have their condoms either by the bar or by the front desk, but they do recommend bring bring your own, just purely from a, it suits you, you're used to them perspective. So we could have gone up and requested a brand new condom. We could have done that, but we were also naked and I didn't really want to wait any longer to be fucked. So I was like, fuck it, don't worry about it. You know, it's broken. It is what it is. Let's fuck. Let's do it anyway because this is ridiculous. So lube in shoe, right, that's happening. Broken condom, decided let's fuck anyway. So we're on this, again, this horse, uh, I'm there, ass in the air, pussy in the air. Daryl's fucking me. We're in a walkway. Everybody can watch. There's a St. Andrew's cross action happening. There's people in the catacombs fucking. There's people in the swing behind us um, fucking. So there's a lot of activity. There's also people coming and just um, watching just being voyeurs, you know, so wanting to watch the action, which is perfectly, perfectly fine. Now with the placement of the horse, there's a mirror right next to it. So if I look to my left, as I'm being fucked from behind, I can see people doing what they're doing. So engaging in play themselves or people watching us. So if you're an extra, extra bit, (laughs) extra, if you're a bit extra, if you're an exhibitionist, that's quite good. You know, you want to see people watching you. You want to see the reaction. I'm, I'm a little bit of everything. So this is happening. I see there's a guy there and he says, can I watch? And I was like, yep, absolutely. So that's all fine and dandy. And then a couple of people are walking past and they'd stop and they'd have a glance and they'd have a watch and then they'd go and do what they're doing. But if I look to my right, there is a full length mirror that runs across the little section that we were in, which then obviously reflects back into the club. So my options are to look to the left and just eyeball, I fuck people as I'm getting fucked in the pussy from behind. Or if I wanted to be a little bit sly, I could tilt my head to the right and watch through the mirror. So it was an option there that if you are starting out and you're starting your exhibitionist journey, but looking people deadpan <laughs> while your pussy's getting pounded is too much for you, having that mirror to the right did give you the ability to kind of do it in a less kind of full-on manner. So I really liked that. So the evening's progressing. We're fucking, we're having a great time. And there's a dude standing there. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, Daryl says to me, hey, 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 babe. So again, he's, he's fucking me from behind. He leans in, leans in, bends me, like pulls my hair to bring my ear back to him as he's fucking me. Pulls my hair, bring my head back. And he's like, hey, hey, babe, 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 babe. I'm like, what? He goes, hey, suck that guy's cock. This guy is standing in front of me fully dressed. The man is wearing basically a three-piece suit, almost. I've never, I don't know him from a slice of bread. I've never met this guy in my life, didn't even speak to him upstairs, don't know who the hell he is, haven't really looked at him long enough to even see if I find him physically attractive. Daryl's pulling my hair back. Hey, hey, babe, 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 suck that guy's cock. I was like, what? No, I'm not going to do that. What are you talking about? And he's like, yeah, 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 babe, 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 
suck his cock while I fuck you. And I was like, babe, I, I maybe maybe like later. Like honestly, I'm like that's I'm just can, can you just make, keep going and just make me come. So I thought that was really funny, and I haven't actually asked Daryl what went through his head at that moment in time where he was like, hey stranger standing there, come over, drop your pants, drop trowel, and uh, and just and just put your put your dick in in my wife's mouth. Yeah, yeah, just do it there. Okay. I thought that was bloody random and hilarious, but these are some of the things that I guess happen in playrooms that just kind of come out of left field. But so we're fucking, we're playing without a condom. Now, when we visit clubs, we always use condoms. We actually, Daryl, even Daryl and I, when we're playing, we never play bareback in a club situation for a few reasons. And one of them definitely is for the cleanup hygiene factor. So what I can tell you from being over a horse, being fucked from behind, and ladies, if you're listening to this, you know what I'm talking about. Things move very, very quickly once you're in that position. There is not, it's not like you're lying delicately on your back in your bed and it's all fine and he comes inside you. No, no, no. I'm on a horse, right, getting fucked in public, naked, ass in the air, pussy in the air. Daryl comes. I'm like, great, the toilets are at the other end of the playroom. That's fine. Um, forgot to get a towel. Also another rookie error. So just clock it up to the number of lessons learned from this club visit. Forgot to get a towel. There's lube all over the ground, which we end up having to clean up later. And come running down my legs, basically. Like there's no delicate way to say it, people. I get up instantly. My pussy's like, yep, exo patronus. I don't want this inside of me anymore. So I'm like, cool, i got to go to the bathroom. So I'm walking through this club naked. No, I wasn't naked. I still had my heels on. Walking through the club with my heels on, come running down my legs, making my way to the bathroom. This is why you wear condoms, people. That's all I'm saying. It's a good idea because of that exact reason. So cleanup is not so ridiculous. Real quick, I want to talk about the number of single men in the club. Friday nights at Le Boudoir are single male nights, so single men, and they do cap the ratio. They cap the ratio because they want the club to not be overrun with single men, and I really, really respect that. And, in fact, if you actually look on their website, it tells you the number of tickets available for single men and how many are left. So I think that's really, really great to see that. And in terms of the single man ratio in the club, what we saw in the playrooms, because, of course, on a single male night – you are going to see single men who are mingling. You know, we had one earlier at our table upstairs when we had the UN table going and chatting to us. He was from Cali. So you're going to see people upstairs and mingling. But of course, if I was a single guy or even just if I was going there myself, of course, I'm going to walk into the playrooms if I'm allowed to. You know, different clubs have different rules. But if I'm allowed to, I'm going to go peruse the playrooms. Why would you not? It is live porn. People are being, people are exhibitionists. I mean, be polite, ask people if it's okay if you can watch or if they're in like an open room that may be assumed depending again on the rules of the club. But the male ratio at the club I thought was quite hand, quite quite reasonable. I didn't find it to be overrun. Some clubs that I've gone to, and if you remember when we went to the one in Croatia, it was overrun. Like there were so many people there, but there were so many single men and it was like flocks of them migrating from playroom to playroom. That wasn't like this at Le Boudoir. So again, much respect for them to have the the numbers capped, you know, on, on the types of people that can go. And this is not a slight on single men at all. As you know, we play threesomes. We absolutely believe that single men have a place in the lifestyle, a very, very important place in the lifestyle, in fact. But unfortunately, sometimes there with that comes an expectation in the club when they get in there on on what's appropriate, how to act. And some club owners, because again, they they try to take advantage of single men and they charge them, you know, uh, exorbitant prices to get in. So they can lead to expectations on that, but it also means that they can be seriously overrun rather than like a, a reasonable ratio. And this goes for single women too. Like I'm not 
it can be any person that is on the extreme side of anything is what I'm saying. So I found that the ratio was quite really reasonable. So as we're, we're leaving, so again, I go to the bathroom, I clean myself up, I come back and I'm like, <laughs> you know, get my dress on and stuff. And there was a lady getting fucked on the swing. Now, I don't know if this is the lady in white because I didn't pay a hell of a lot of attention. She wasn't wearing it. This person was naked at that point. But she was getting fucked on the swing and there was her partner, her primary partner, and three other guys, so four guys in total. And I did stand and watch for a little bit. And I know Daryl stood there for a little bit longer than I did because I went to do something else. I don't know. I think I went back to the bathroom. I can't remember what I was doing. Uh, oh, cleaning up the loop. And so there was there was her and there was her partner and then three other guys, so her and four other guys, and just having the time of her life. And this is one of the reasons why I love actually watching people and being a bit of a voyeur is not necessarily for the kinky side of it. I mean, that's all very well and good and actually can be quite educational if you want to learn, you know, new moves and stuff, uh, you know, <laughs> hashtag educational. But she was just having the fucking time of her life and just unashamed – unashamed of the situation, having the time of her life on the sex wing with lots of guys having a great time. That's the reason why I enjoy being a voyeur is to see those people flourish. That woman was in there. She knew what she wanted and she was unapologetic about it and she got what she wanted. And I just was like, get it girl. Um, so yeah, now we do head back up and grab another drink from the upstairs area, but this time it's about 1.30 in the morning. We'd been bloody exhausted. And I got to tell you, I was tired. Again, being rusty, like if you haven't been doing this for a while or if it's your first time, normally, you know, normally you would get to the club at like 10, 30, 11, um, play starts quite late. So one thirty, things are really generally in a club, like starting to kick, kick off. And by one thirty, upstairs having another drink, I was like, I'm, I'm done. I'm done skis. I can't do this anymore. Like I am so tired. I don't have any interest in talking to anybody of anybody else. Although the people again around were quite lovely. The playrooms were pumping. Like we could have gone upstairs and we did discuss it. We're like, do you want to go upstairs and like check out the action up there? And I looked at Daryl and I'm like, honestly, no, no, I don't want to do that at all. Like, I just don't want to do that. I would like to go get some water and I want to go back to a hotel room and that's it. So I basically was like 1.30, I'm, I'm done, I'm done, I'm done. And the other thing too is like talking in a loud room and having, you know, not only were we rookies again, not only were we seriously out of practice, but we were about to embark on two swingers clubs, two nights in a row. So we went to Le Boudoir on Friday night to to check it out. I've always wanted to go there. And then Saturday night, the reason we went to London in the first place or the UK was because we wanted to go to the Bedhopper Social, which was on the Saturday night. So again, rookies, we are seriously out of practice and we're about to embark on two nights of partying, potential pussy usage, and talking over loud music. So sore throat, pussy sore, the whole thing. So again, I was like, okay, that's it. <laughs> I'm going to be an adult about this and we're going to go. So it was like 1.30 in the morning. Again, I walk out onto the street. It's now even colder. Um, my pussy's out in my pussy out dress and we make our way back to the hotel whereby we're the only people walking through the lobby at that time of the morning and the staff there, of course, have got nothing to do. We walk in, they look up and here I am in my pussy out dress. There's not really any way that um, you can sugarcoat that. Uh, I was swanning into the uh, the hotel and uh, that's what it, that's what's up. So here we go. So lessons learned. One, careful with glass lube bottles placed in trousers. Maybe don't do that. Maybe just don't do that. Or, you know, that's the first time we've broken one and all of the years that we travel with them and use them. I mean, I've got like 200 of those vials here in my office right now. 
in all the years we've used them, we've never broken one. So that was just kind of a freak accident. But again, I think that was kind of the way the club visit was kind of going on this night, to be fair. And my second lessons learned or my second hints and tips for you is to read the dress rules for clubs before swanning up to the entrance. That seems like kind of part of swinging 101, but i got to be honest, we just forgot about it. You know, we swan up to the entrance and I just totally forgot about the fact that clubs have dress rules. So make sure you read them before you go to any club. But that was our trip to Le Boudoir, London. As I said before, if you guys want to see the layout, head over to our YouTube channel. The link will be in the bio and you can check out what I'm talking about when I'm referring to like the dungeon and the catacombs and stuff like that. Okay, guys, before we head out on today's episode, I want to give a quick thanks to our new patrons, TLC, Alejandro, Douglas, Richard, Pierre, Michelle and Niels, Mowry, Lifewell, Andrea, Stina and Frodo, Wilkes, Gavin, Team Rope and Joe. Thank you very much for joining us over on Patreon. We really, really appreciate the hell out of you and all of your amazing support. In fact, I mean, thank you to all of our patrons. I mean, that just goes without saying. You guys are very supportive and we just... I can't thank you enough. We did also get a review. This one's from back in March because I've had this on my show notes to talk about for a while now and keep forgetting. Uh, But this one's from SF620 and it's in Australia. And they said, uh, five stars, excellent. Love the openness and honesty of their adventures in the lifestyle. C has been an ex has been excellent in responding to my emails. Keep up the good work, guys, fellow Aussie. So thank you very much, SF620. I know that I'm a little bit late in saying thank you. It's only two months ago, (coughs) but... uh, Really appreciate that review. So, guys, that's everything for this episode. We are going to come back and talk about our trip to the Bedhopper Social and what we did on Saturday night in England. But if you have any questions, comments, concerns, want to chat, send us an email, email at wanderlustswingers.com. And Wanderlust is spelt with an A, as it should be. Otherwise, we hope that you enjoyed this episode. I'll try to get Daryl back on a show soon. But as I mentioned, we do have the parents here. We are. I am heading over to the USA to go to podcaster palooza in palm springs and get my lifestyle hotel takeover on and uh, so we'll see you soon don't know if it'll be with daryl or not but uh, definitely happy to be back and hope that you guys are really having a fantastic may okay bye guys daryl good morning yes would you rather have to wipe down the equipment at the swingers club after every use or be kicked out of the club if you don't. So, like, you know, at the gym, how everybody has to wipe their equipment down? Mm-hmm. Okay, would you rather do that or pay an extra $20 entry? $20. <laughs> do you think that if a club put the stuff out and they were like, hey, can you wipe it down after you use it, like his wipes and everything else, like right near the equipment, do you think people would do it? No. They don't do it in fucking gyms. gyms so why would they do it? What do you reckon the percentages of people are doing it? It's three. 3%? And a half. Three and a half percent. Okay. Would you high five the people after they like wiped their equipment down at the swingers club? No, because their hands are then covered in splooge. <laughs> Thanks, babe.